0: Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Tonic. Hey
1: everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast presented by Onyx. As you probably heard me talk about before, Onyx is the premium hunting app available made by hunters for hunters. And one of the tips I want to give with Onyx today is when it comes to shed hunting, and specifically when it comes to big woods mountain bucks, is it's, it's, we're coming up on the time of year when we're gonna start looking for antlers, or you know, doing some spring scouting. And some tips for doing that is you can use the the web map within Onyx to look at areas, identify south facing slopes where they might be hanging out a lot in the winter. Look for different vegetation such as pine trees hemlocks any kind of conifer trees and where they may be bedding keeping out of that you know that thermal cover there so if you want to go on onyx ahead of time and be able to check out your scouting areas you can really help make the best of your time and be efficient when it comes to spring scouting so if you head over to onyxmaps.com if you use the coupon code emw that'll save yourself 20 percent off of the hunt app and elk 101 so the university of elk hunting is the most comprehensive online elk hunting course available and in addition to have full access to the entire course for one year you'll have access to the ueh mobile app which basically puts all the content from the online course right in the palm of your hand anytime anywhere with or without cellular connections so that's what's really cool about it is while you're in the field say it's your first time out there you've never went through the gutless method on an elk and you have your bull your first bull down in front of you you can look at that pull up the video on the app without cell service deep in the back country and you're able to kind of go step by step as corey talks through how to go through that process so if you're interested in the university of elk hunting online course Head over to elk101.com and use the coupon code West. That will also save you 20% off of uh, the annual membership of the online course. And Mountain Tough. So Mountain Tough Fitness is 12 months of daily online training plus nutrition coaching for every season specifically designed for the Backcountry Hunter. And that is, of course, their all-access program. And within that, they have a ton of different programs that basically make sure that you're always ready throughout the season. But within within that 12 month program, they came out with two uh, mini programs here in the last week, and the one is the Backcountry Hunter Spring Training Camp. So that's more or less a, a game changing cardio and endurance uh, program that's that's specifically built for the mountain hunter. It's just a 60 day program. It's a strategic blend of some cardio and strength. And kind of get you a good base before you go into the preseason program. And in addition to that, they have the elite spring program, which is if you completed the postseason and the preseason workouts last year on the elite level, then then you might want to try to challenge yourself a little more in this. But this program is definitely not recommended to someone just starting out. It's really trying to achieve goals that are you know, seen unattainable to most people. And while the demands are mostly physical, the uh, the journey of this program is is basically through uh, all about mental toughness. So if you head over to MountainTough.com, you can find a whole lot more information on that there. And lastly, so over the last um, over last weekend, I guess I was out down in Harrisburg. excuse me, for the great American outdoor show and spent some time at the, the Maven optics booth, uh, spent time there with, with Cade and, uh, a little bit with Mike before he headed out and, and, uh, Johnny Utah, as well as Jesse Allen. So Jesse's the going to be the guest on this podcast here. Super interesting person. And I'm really glad that uh, I was able to get to talk to her and, you know, hang out with her for the weekend, just uh, a great overall human being along with the, along with the other guys in the crew as well. But, um, so with Maven optics, it's, um, the way that they're kind of different than some of the other high quality optics is, you know, they're coming out with the highest quality optics available, but half the price of their competitors. And they're doing that through their direct to consumer business model, so basically without you know having to pay the, the sales reps and uh, the retail markup and everything else that kind of goes into that big box store plan, they're able to cut that out and be able to work directly with you, the customer, to be able to come out with the highest quality products with the best customer service at half the price. So if you head over to mavenbuilt.com, you build yourself a custom set of binos, spotting scope, or you can check out the stock options and with the, the binos spotting scopes rifle scopes and you know everything in between there use the coupon code eastmeetswest-gift and you get yourself a free gift with any full price optics order but uh like i said so this episode is with Jesse Allen and we recorded this at the the Maven cabin here um in Harrisburg over the over the weekend and uh i'm, I'm really excited about this one Every time yeah, you know, I'd ask her a question or talk to her, uh, I felt like I was just learning something new that just kind of blew my mind. Like Jesse's definitely done it all; it seems like, and and uh, is really inspiring from you know that adventurous lifestyle. If you've you know ever wanted to do something and and you know seems unattainable or anything, you know I, I think uh, listening to this this episode here will show you that it's. It's uh really anything's really possible, I guess. So I guess instead of me sitting here and uh rambling on much longer, we'll uh we'll jump into the episode here with Miss Jessie Allen. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast. And so it's a nice wintry night, I guess, in in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania after a a long day at the the Maven Optics booth. And I'm joined by Miss Jessie Allen. Jessie. Hi. How How are you? I'm doing great.
0: (laughs) Doing great. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me come on and excited to chat some hunting and all things outdoors with you
1: yeah yeah you uh you have to be absolutely beat (laughs) day what
0: this this wrapped up day number eight for the great american outdoor show yeah this was this is my first time coming to the show never never been out for it and i just went full full in and it was a marathon yeah
1: yeah, you. Uh, yeah, you didn't mess around with this, like first time getting to shows. Things like um, some things you learned pretty quick about wearing cowboy boots. Yeah, not a good idea.
0: Not so much. <laughs> Note taken for the future. Yep.
1: Yeah. And when you're spending you know nine ten hours a day on your feet on a hard floor, cowboy boots probably aren't the best bet.
0: Maybe not so much. Yep. <laughs> All things to know for next time. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's cool. I uh so Mike and Cade from Maven have told me about you now for about a year and they're like you gotta get this this chick on the interviews, like she's badass and his Jesse Allen, she's from Lander, Wyoming. And um so Jesse, do you wanna just kinda give a little bit of a, a background of who you are and you know, kinda where you grew up?
0: Sure. Yeah, so I am from Lander, Wyoming. And I was born and raised there. My family goes back a long time, six generations to be exact. And so, yeah, I was, I was raised on my family's wilderness guest ranch. We spend every summer up in the Wind River Mountains in Wyoming, and we're at about 9,200 feet where our cabins are and have people from all over come and stay in the cabins and Uh, and go out on rides or most of what we do is a lot of wilderness pack trips and so we get a lot of folks that come primarily for fly fishing Um, a lot of folks coming in for fishing for cuts uh, brookies goldens rainbows and so we'll pack them into the wilderness and so i spent Every summer of my life, working on on my family's ranch, and now I'm taking it over from my parents. And in the in the middle of of that,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds like it sounds like uh, one a pretty challenging time of your life, but pretty exciting that you've got to live that lifestyle of just being outside and everything yeah. for for so long.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's I, you know, I think I've gotten more and more as I get older, more and more appreciative of that lifestyle of how rare it really is to grow up spending about half of every year in the mountains with no electricity as a kid. And that was just, you know, that was my norm, but now I'm gaining so, so much more appreciation for it and realizing how much I want that for my future. And that's why even, you know, years of being in it, I've just this is where I want to be, and this is what I want to continue on, mm-hmm. and pour my energy into growing the business.
1: Was there ever a point where, like, you weren't really sure if that was your path, or like, you kind of like veered away from it at all, or anything?
0: Yeah, for sure. So i I went to the University of Wyoming, and I that's where I got my degree. And while I was there, I. I did an internship in Washington, D.C. for our congresswoman, and I was really on that track. I was thinking I wanted to go into communications in the political realm and and work in D.C., and I was kind of picking up momentum with that. And it was at that point that my parents were, after owning this business for forty five years they were getting ready to retire, and so they're like, well you know if that's if that's the track you're on, then you know we're we're ready to get out of this business, so we might be you know looking at putting it up for sale and and that was what really shook me and kind of stopped me in my tracks of okay whoa, well, like if this is something I want to carry on, then um that's I need to really stop and think and. So I was drawn back to the ranch. I wasn't ready to see it go and just decided to dive in and give it a good shot of keeping it going. And that's where I'm at.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And um, so also you you were doing some other activities to like other things outside of the hunting and outdoor space as well. Doing a little bit of, um, how do you explain it?
0: Yeah. So, well, during the, during the summertime, do a lot of wilderness trips. Um, I, I lead some wellness trips, mm-hmm. mostly. Uh, I started doing those about five years ago, trips for women. And so we we're riding in and camping for a week. And uh, we're camping with the horses, doing yoga, riding out every day and hiking up. You know, We'll park at a lake and do some fly fishing and then maybe hike up to a glacier and do uh, do that kind of with the wellness aspect at the forefront of the of the conversation, and uh, and then started gearing up more toward leading some fitness trips for men and women. Just really focusing on overall health and wellness in the outdoor space, because you just when you're up at nine to twelve thousand feet, working outside with your hands every single day, you get you get in pretty good shape. Yeah. And so to like provide a, provide a trip for people to come on and be uh, focused on that is something I've been really passionate about. And then, yeah. And then in the fall, gearing up for guiding hunters, we, we guide for, uh, in September for elk and for archery. And then in October, uh, rifle elk, mule deer and pronghorn antelope.
1: Okay. Yeah, So yeah, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. And, and so I guess like, you know, growing up in, you know, that, I guess that outdoor lifestyle and everything else with, you know, it's pretty lucky one, like, like you were saying, you're, you, you know, realize how fortunate, you know, growing up in that kind of atmosphere and, and you and I were talking, you know, on the drive back tonight, just about, you know, once you leave for a little bit, how much you appreciate coming back and yeah and all those things, you know, it's, it's, it's wild, really.
0: For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I, I it was always my norm, you know, mm-hmm. I just, that was how I was born and, and, or what I was born into and raised in. And I try really hard not to ever take that for granted. Now I'm realizing that I was, yeah, I'm lucky that when my parents were Leaving for work that meant going outside to do chores, and I was always at the heels of my dad. I mean, I was always his little right hand gal, and to be able to work alongside my my parents has been um, something I feel really, really fortunate for. And and the yeah, the older I got, it, the more I was realizing like this is how I want to raise my family someday, and this is the the dream I want to that my Dad cultivated when he was younger and then brought to life and I want to keep the momentum with it
1: yeah yeah no that that's really cool and so you know within that you're talking about some of these trips you're doing and you know a lot of them like with the health and wellness side of things and I know that's a big you know part of your life it seems like and 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 you like that so explain about like some of some of these trips that you are doing within that that the health and wellness side of things, and kind of how that, you know, I guess portrays into you know your everyday health and life, and it also just the, the hunting seasons and grinding it out through the the whole the whole time frame. You know what I mean? I don't know if I explained that real well, but uh, um, it's good. The, yeah, yeah, So roll with it. Okay,
0: can <laughs> do. <laughs> yeah, I'll just start talking. I'll see where it goes. No, so I guess that when I first decided I wanted to to do that kind of offering, uh, well, it originally stemmed from wanting to provide a trip for, for women to sign on to, uh, just cause I've been guiding my entire life. And, uh, the first, like for instance, the first trip I did alone, I was 13. I packed in a group of fishermen, which was about a five hour ride into the mountains, dropped them off five hours out and, and by myself in that way, was that was always kind of like the rite of passage um, to do that trip alone. And anyway, I, the more I got involved in in being a guide, the more I started noticing that there was hardly ever groups of just women coming on trips. And so the older I got, the more I wanted to provide a space that women could sign on to as individuals and feel really comfortable in. For me to be empowering them in these skills of being competent in the backcountry, and then that kind of also morphed into incorporating more of a wellness focus and uh, my passion for yoga. I'm a yoga teacher. I I did um, I studied in Thailand to get certified to be a yoga teacher, and so I wanted to bring that aspect back and kind of collide my two passion or two of my passions, which is living an active outdoor lifestyle with yoga and holistic wellness and kind of intertwine those passions. Mm -hmm. So that's been really cool to see coming into fruition. And uh, last year, the New York Times mentioned my women's wellness trips as top 52 places to Visit in 2019. Yeah, it was rad. I, that was kind of, I didn't know that was happening. That was a cool surprise, but, but it's kind of, wow. yeah, that I, it's kind of gotten more recognition and, and a lot of the gals that have come on trips have have started coming on repeat trips and now what I think is the coolest thing is that a lot of these women who've come on trips are are expressing interest in hunting now and I have a few gals that I am uh that applied for for elk tags this year which I'm psyched about and they've never hunted in their lives really? but they kind of saw you know they just felt that access of you know if if that's what like one of my other strongest passions is is yeah. hunting and um to kind of help create that avenue into exploring what is hunting has been really cool to see
1: you know that's 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 just super cool you know there's a lot of talk about you know with the hunters numbers declining you know across the u s and everything yeah. like how do you really recruit other people and there's you know there's a lot of you know traditional ways of you know just taking people hunting and stuff but I think that's a really unique approach that you have there whether yeah. that was intentional or not like but by showing you know you're getting these women out there you know active lifestyle getting out and and with some of your trips but by you you know you know talking about your hunting and stuff it sounds like yeah. and everything they gauge this interest like okay I you know I respect this woman you know and the way she lives her life like I'll, maybe I want to try that or open it up. Like I think that's a really cool, um, I guess, avenue to it. And, you know, because you're not like pushing anything on For someone, sure. you know, they're making their own decision based on that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, that's something that I'm always kind of uh, trying to live by is just diversifying myself as much as possible. And that the more you can kind of live in multiple worlds, you can kind of create those avenues for bridging the gaps between these two. Like for instance, the yoga community with the hunting community (laughs) and the pageant world. When I was doing stuff with uh, being Miss Wyoming, I mean, there's all these parts of my life that seem kind of contradictory, but I see it as a way to kind of bridge the gaps between those worlds of, yeah, of things that seem to be, you know, seemingly divided, but showing that you can have a lot of crossover and hopefully being a representation of that idea of, like, you know, shaking up that stigma of what someone might think of as a hunter. And then they see me, who is a yoga teacher and a pageant person in a former life, they're like, okay, maybe that yeah. is something I could try out too. And, and kind of express my ethos on what is hunting and having people realize that that's something they may connect really closely with too.
1: Yeah. That is, that is crazy. You do have like some different paths that are like completely on opposite ends of the spectrum almost. Yeah. And, and uh, so with, within the, Going back to like the, the yoga standpoint and in regards specifically to hunting, you know, do you, what kind of benefits can you see from people doing that? So I actually, short story is, uh, the other day, uh, a guy that I met, um, out at ATA this year, his name is Ted Bright. And he, he sent me, um, Marco Polo, do you know what Marco Polo is? Mm -mm. It's this app where you like video chat oh, people like yes but, like, i the, do the messages like you leave whatever yeah. so anyways he yeah, messaged yeah. me and he just asked me out of the blue he's like hey i know you're really into fitness stuff and everything you know um i heard you talk about like some of your strength workouts you're doing this time of year do you do yoga and he's like he's like dude i do yoga like a lot and it's, yeah. it's, it's telling me all these benefits from it and it's really interesting i kind of want to cool. hear your you know side of things on that
0: yeah Absolutely. I I mean I I love it. I I grew up dancing and um was on the dance team in college and have always just I love to move my body and you know be physically active and and so I didn't I started doing yoga when I got older just as a way to reconnect with dance a little bit just because as I when I graduated college and didn't have the dance team anymore. I was thinking, you know, what could be sim- semi-similar. And so I started doing yoga and then I started noticing how much, but like just how good I felt overall. Like I was feeling more mobile, but kind of just like this sense of f- a calmness when I was, whenever I'd be feeling stressed, kind of ease some anxiety. And so yeah, I just got more and more into it, and I think uh, it provides a lot of crossover um, for folks that are just feeling really stressed out and tense. You know, whether that's showing up physically or mentally, it's just really helpful.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah that- <laughs> really
0: helpful overall.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it, and and like and that's not the first you know not the first person that said that, but I like I said, I know you're. You know, really into it, and and as we were talking about before we started recording, just mobility in general has been like a big focus for myself personally. Is mm-hmm. I am not naturally very mobile, per like yeah. or flexible person, I guess, from any means. And I felt like I was always hurting and like just just yeah. getting like small injuries that were just more of a pain in the ass than anything. And mm-hmm. you know, as I've been just doing different stretches, and I I don't. um I don't know a whole lot about it, but I just try to do different things and it seems to really be helping me out quite a bit with just recovery time from things and, you know, again, injury prevention and just a whole bunch of different stuff there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, my kind of my number one thought with with that is, yeah, like you said, just wanting to like prevent injury, especially when, when you're in the backcountry and My, what's always on my mind is I want to be just especially strong and competent and capable to, uh, take care of people and my horses and myself when I'm in the back country. Cause as the guide, I feel I'm pretty loaded with responsibility for not only keeping myself safe, but looking out for all the people that I'm guiding and the horses. And so if there ever is any kind of incident where I need to, you know, run up to 12,500 feet to get a signal in order to make a call, if, you know, if my, whatever, if if something's happening, or if I need to be carrying a hundred pounds of meat on my back for uh, out of a boulder, bowl or whatever it is to just get out of some sketchy situations i want to make sure my body isn't like if i get injured then it's a risk for the entire group and so keeping myself strong and healthy is priority and if i can help other people do the same and and have a focus on that it's great for yeah everybody
1: well, what's what's kind of ironic and and funny about this whole situation is right now we're talking about you know healthy living and you know I, and I I live a pretty I'd say pretty healthy lifestyle for uh-huh. the most part and and you definitely do and it's like we were just talking about how just shitty we feel like I
0: know
1: <laughs> <laughs> eating all this food and, totally. and ice cream and stuff yeah. today and like. Just in total brain fog, like little I don't bit, think either little, of our little bit. brains are working at a hundred percent right now. I feel like mine's working somewhere around 32, 33%. percent. I'm with and- you. I feel
0: you so <laughs> closely right now. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's uh, but yeah, it's it's just funny. It's making me like almost um feel guilty about like talking about this, <laughs> but no, it's 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 all cool. Yeah, um,
0: but it is. I mean, you can feel those differences when you eat like shit. And, uh, you know, personally, it's just the more aware and the more conscientious I am about what I'm eating and drinking and my activity level and like as much time as I spend outside and soaking in that vitamin D, like i just feel so like tuned into it now, you know, that when, yeah, when I get a little off track, it's like. Pretty evident.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I know, but I mean, I think that's a good thing, though, that because like once you do get off track and you feel that, like, you don't let yourself stay on it for a a yeah. you know, long period of time. I know with with me now, like, it's like even if I go like a week for some reason without working out or doing something, it's not that like oh, I'm just gonna fall apart, but like I get it in my head, like I just like I need this, like yeah. I feel so good when I'm mm-hmm. in a consistent, you know, schedule of it. I love waking up at I wake up four fifteen every morning and go out and, and I work out before work and like or or depending on the time of year, maybe I'll go for a run in the mornings before work or something. Just like mm-hmm. it just makes you feel so good. And like when I'm eating clean and just it's amazing what your body does. Like and and you have to do it for a sustained amount of time. Like you can't yeah. eat clean one day and be like I didn't feel any better. Well, yeah. you gotta kind of get yourself on that that and I I'm, I'm just such a big proponent of it. And even with I don't I don't know how um you are, but I'd like to hear like when – uh when you're going in on these hunts and guiding and stuff, do you mm-hmm. like meal prep in any ways? Or like, do you, I feel like you geek out <laughs> I, on this.
0: No, I you don't. don't? Geek okay. Out. No, I eat all and any food that is in front of my face. I okay. mean, <laughs> yeah, no, especially in, especially when I'm guiding, I mean, I will just slam all the calories in any way, shape and form. They come to me and I do, I mean, we like to have good, meals planned out for the hunters. So we'll be cooking really good food, but it's just, you know, it's got a, it's got a lot of calories to keep you going. Cause we'll have, for instance, say when we're in rifle elk camps, we ride in on horseback. We'll go anywhere up to 20 miles into the wilderness and be, we'll set up wall tents and be, Uh, base camped from there and then riding out on horseback each day. So usually we're having breakfast at 4am and then we'll be out all day long, uh, ride to a spot and then tie the horses up and be hiking and, and hunting all day. And so when there's days where I'm up at 3am and catching horses in the dark, chipping ice off of their hobbles and, you know, just constant movement and in the snow and, up to almost twelve thousand feet. Sometimes it's like you need all the calories yeah. you can get to stay warm and to stay functional. And so that was my very long way of saying. Uh when it comes to when it comes to uh the amount of physical movement I'm doing in the depths of hunting season. Yeah. Food prep isn't necessarily at the forefront of my mind.
1: Okay. Uh, No, that's, that's good. That's, it's interesting. Like, I mean, you know it from doing this for so long, but I, you know, when I started Western hunting, I didn't know anything about the exact amount of calories and stuff. Basically that I was going to burn. Not that you need to know the exact amount, but more or less like it's a lot. Like, yeah, totally. you're, You're killing it. And like, I remember I had everything listed out. Like I'm a, planner by like i just had like all my food how many fat calories how many grams oh, of protein dang. like i had it all out by day and i had nice. them in the ziploc bags and put it all together but thing was i was only planning for like 2500 to 3000 calories per day which feels like a lot for a normal day but when you're there after like day 11 of my hunt, I was hunting for 14 days and i was mm-hmm. just my body shut down like my immune system crashed and just like yeah. i was just one side, um, Mountain Tough Fitness has this calculator online where you can figure out the calories you burn based on mm, pack weight and all yeah. this other stuff. So anyways, I did it after I came back and I was burning like uh, probably 6,500 calories a yeah. day, you know, hiking anywhere from eight to 14 miles a day and with mm-hmm. the pack on and up and down. And, and so I was just, yeah. just killing myself based uh, on that. And it felt, like I didn't realize that based on the, you know, the food, but, um, yeah, it was it was interesting. So more or less now, I I definitely bring a lot more food, mm-hmm. and even when I'm not hungry, just like force myself like yeah. eat.
0: Absolutely, I I'm, <laughs> this, I'm the same way too. And knowing that altitude can sometimes be affecting your appetite at the beginning of, especially at the beginning of your trip, if you're going up in altitude and if you're just not really feeling that appetite, I just mm-hmm. I force feed myself even during those times because I know I need the calories. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Huh. So, yeah, that's that's a, that's an interesting part, like I said, of just the whole, I, I always wondered, like, with someone like you that's doing this for a whole season, like, I know for me, mm-hmm. after two weeks, I'm freaking <laughs> just whooped, you know, yeah. like this. That's got to be just a straight grind to get yeah. through. Uh, how long is a, the guiding season typically for you?
0: Yeah, so, well, for guiding hunters, we archery season starts up September 1st, and then I'll be guiding archery elk all through September. And then the last bit of September, we'll ride in ahead of time to set up the, the wall tents for the rifle elk camp, which we do throughout the first couple weeks of October. And then the last few weeks of October, I'm guiding for mule deer and, and pronghorn hunters. So, uh, Yeah, that's the, and I will say to kind of touch on just how, how you said, yeah, it's like two weeks of it is pretty exhausting. I would say more than anything, like I love, I thrive in the physical, just the nonstop movement, working hard. I love feeling strong and energetic in the mountains. Um, I would say what wears on me the most is just like the mental stamina of all of it because it is it is one thing to be hunting for myself. And it is a whole nother ball game to be guiding hunters where I am carrying that weight of knowing all the preparation that they have put into this hunt, all the planning, you know, the years of putting in for tags and finally drawing and choosing us as the outfitter through looking at hundreds of others and and they decide to come with us and, uh, and they put so much into it that, I, f- I carry that so heavily on my shoulders. I want more than anything for them to be successful. Yeah. Like I want for them to be successful more than I've ever wanted it for myself, to be honest. And so it, that is just what lights the fire under my ass, but it also wears me out a yeah. little bit. You know, it's, it's like that, just that, that desire to work my ass off in every, in every way to make sure that it's a phenomenal experience. Um, you know, however, they if if they're punching their tag and what size of animal they get or whatever, it's all the little pieces of making sure that they have a horse that they're getting or a couple horses that they're rotating each day and getting along with. That um, they're eating really good food. That they're sleeping comfortably. That their feet are staying dry and warm. And like always, just want to make sure that they have a good experiences that's what weighs on me more than the physical strain of it.
1: Yeah. That's, and I I get to see, uh, I guess the reward aspect of that tonight, you know, well actually all day you've had people that have went with you come in and stop at the booth Mm -hmm. and, you know, talk to you and just like, you know, be, and you could tell you were so excited to see them. Like it was a, it's like a big part of like, you know, a big extended family, I guess for you to have some of these people that you spend, you know, a week with at a time you get to really know somebody yeah and sure. you know t- today we had uh we, when we drove to the show and everything he had an oak rack in the back of the, my truck and then gave it to one of the hunters that yeah. you, to look on his face when he you gave it to oh, him yeah. he was so pumped like yeah. it and you could just tell that was like you know sure. i'm sure very satisfying yeah. on your end to see that
0: yeah for sure and and I was glad we could drive it out for him, so he didn't have to ship it. He's a, a guy that lives in Pennsylvania, and he was looking at shipping it out here. And I was like, "No, man! I mean, we'll sh- save you on that shipping expense and just drive it out in the Maven truck." So we brought it out to him, and and yeah, I mean that it, it, guiding people like him, who he was just in it with every percentage of his. Uh, he he was one guy who we were hunting together for a week, and uh, he never wanted to take a nap. He wanted to hike as much as he could to see as much as he could. I mean, he was fully in it and grateful of like all the details that go into the whole thing, and just constantly thanking the staff and and that is like the ultimate reward yeah. for me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm sure like getting those types of hunters in camp just makes it all Mm -hmm. worth it.
0: Totally. And he, that guy in particular, I guided him on a muley hunt two years ago. And then he came on this elk hunt and now he's coming to the ranch with his family for a week to a fly fishing trip. Yeah. So that's kind of my, I, I love that part of it. I love seeing them come back and Share it with their families and and experience it in different ways, so yeah.
1: yeah that's that's cool when so a lot of the the people that you have that you're you know guiding and doing things are they repeat clients or are they do you have some newer ones like what yeah. how does that look
0: uh kind of all across the board. we've been in business now for forty going on forty eight years. My dad and his three brothers started the operation. And so over the years, yeah, we've had a lot of return clients. Um, yesterday I had lunch with two people who also live in Pennsylvania. They're a couple who's been coming to our place for 12 years in a row. And um, and I love that. I mean, I love to see people returning and telling their friends and family and, and bringing them out to share it with. But But I'm also realizing that I yeah, I, I want to expand to op, like offer new avenues for people to explore the wind rivers. And that could be through my passion of fitness and health. And, um, and I'm also leading a youth trip this summer. So hoping to get some more kids up and up and out there. Cause that's like what I, I personally love, uh, more than anything is sharing, sharing it with kids and getting them really excited about the outdoors
1: jeez you I feel like the more I talk to you, the more different avenues I feel like you go down and like, <laughs> like all over the place I think I it's, get it's, a it's, little it's, scattered <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you stay super busy but it's it's yeah. it's cool because you can hear like the the excitement you know and passion in your voice and that's what like yeah. you know everything about like this podcast and everything else that I can't even say the word podcast anymore because <laughs> the guys here uh, may even. Apparently, maybe everyone that's listening already knows, but they say that I say it like podcast, like real weird and <laughs> only slightly. <laughs> so now when I say it, it's like self-conscious in my head. But anyways, uh, the whole reason for this, um, you know, podcast is uh, around like you know sharing you know adventures like that and showing you know going outside your comfort zone and doing different things. Mm-hmm. That's like anything is possible. We get. Yeah. You know, one one chance and don't want on me to sound like over dramatic or anything, but truthfully, like there's so many things that you could do and just outdoors especially yeah. and just live more of a fulfilled life, I guess, for lack of better terms. Yeah, is that <laughs> Yeah. Is that Amen. exactly how you feel? Yeah. <laughs>
0: absolutely. Amen. Yeah, I think uh the outdoor spaces can do a lot of good for for people in so many different ways, whether that's through the avenue of hunting or rock climbing or mountain biking and or horse packing, whatever it is. Wilderness it's yoga. A wilderness yoga, man. Is that
1: what you call it? i sure. What do you sure. call it? Wilderness yoga.
0: Wellness trips. Okay. Yoga.
1: You got to come up with like some I know. real like badass name. I that's know. like Like you hear it and it's like, oh, that's, that's Jesse Allen. The like, that's I know. the thing.
0: I need like, Okay.
1: Oh Yeah. You, me out. We'll talk. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk. Okay. Hi, yeah. We'll, I'll give you my prices and then we'll go. Okay. From there.
0: okay.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but, uh, no, seriously, that's, that's, there's so many different like avenues like that and like combining some of those mm-hmm. different things is, is really, really awesome. Do you, um, being like, so being like a, you know, a woman guide and anything, does those have any, like, do people like, are they surprised? Are they no going into it? Like i how? What is that like?
0: Yeah. Uh, definitely when I first started guiding hunters, it was more more of a surprise to folks. And I would feel pretty awkward when I would like just see that flash of surprise. Or in my mind, it looked like a little bit of disappointment on their face of like, oh shit, really? Like I'm going to be guided by this girl who is half my age. And so I was always a little uh, self-conscious about that in the beginning of uh, feeling like I couldn't look too feminine because then I wouldn't be respected as much. And so I had to like, you know, deepen my voice a little bit and like hey. make sure I wasn't wearing like very feminine clothes. And, but honestly I've always, it's just my mindset is like once we get into the back country and my work ethic speaks, should speak for itself. And I'm just always hustling and being productive and proactive. And like, uh, maybe that stemmed from being a kid growing up in guiding summer trips, too, is that I was always kind of underestimated there. I mean, starting as a 13-year-old girl packing in groups of fishermen, there were many times where, where people would be Pretty surprised to see this teenage girl packing them into the wilderness yeah. twenty miles and and so I just my mindset was always like let your work ethic speak for itself and so just always working really hard and and so then now as a as a guide, I mean I do a lot of the back and forth correspondence with our hunters so they are well aware before they show up that yeah. I May very well be their guide, um, a lot of our other guides are well, all of our other guides are men, and they're older than me and have been doing it for a long time but um but I'm really comfortable and yeah. happy in the role and we get really really good down to earth guys who are just excited to be in the wilderness and hopefully fill a tag and
1: yeah, yeah that's that's really cool, like I said, I just I wondered like how that like it's not every day that you have you know so a girl that was doing you know miss was miss wyoming yeah. and then is a hunting guide you know it's right. just it's just not something that's you know typical across know. the board i think it's i think it's awesome though that yeah. that you, you do that and like i said just and love it and and show you know women do across the board whatever yeah. do whatever you want to do that's it's up totally. to you do it
0: Amen. Yeah, and a lot of these hunters, you know, may have daughters that they're so we connect on that piece of it too that they're like psyched to see me as a young woman who is all in and and loving this lifestyle of hunting and you know, packing their elk out of the mountains and in my backpack and and they're they're like this, I want my daughter to, you know, get to meet you and and see what is what is possible as a young woman and that yeah I so we connect on that that part of it a lot too
1: that's that's so cool so with within um I guess within the the hunting guiding experience you know do you have like say one story or one hunt that sticks out in your mind is something like this is this is why I do this, or this is why I want to continue to do this, or just a, a good story. Yeah. Anything along those lines. I'd, sure. Um, do you have anything that you can mm. think of?
0: Oh, gosh. Oh, so many. Um, okay. Let me just, Okay. I'm here. I'm with you now. You got it. I got it. It actually okay. went
1: quicker than I expected. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I expected like <laughs> I expected. You know the the, no. the brain fog to kind of Mm-mm. sink in for a few minutes. No,
0: nope, no. Nope. <laughs> there was some fog. It cleared. The clouds departed. I saw. And when you asked that, I had so many faces come to mind, which is something like I'm super grateful for that. That there are so many reasons why I do what I do and why I'm so passionate about this job. Uh but one instance in particular was at the end of our season I guided the most phenomenal young man I have ever met. And it was such a cool way to wrap up a really busy hectic season. And and I'm not gonna lie, after two months of guiding, I was I was pretty well drained. And but I had one hunter left and I was like, okay, I've gotta, you know, pour pour it all into this. Um, so this kid, uh, his name is Steven and he's a 12 year old boy who, uh, he came with me through the outdoor dream foundation, which is a similar organization to make a wish, but it's, it sends kids on hunts or fishing trips of their choice. And it's for kids with, serious illnesses and Steven has Duchenne's muscular dystrophy. Um he's from Charleston, South Carolina. And he has this really horrible disease that is his muscles are just disintegrating, you know, eating away and so he's in a wheelchair and uh he's doesn't have all the time in the world and um, has a fairly short life expectancy. And and so he, he came on a hunt with me for a mule deer this fall. And let me tell you about Stephen. He is, I mean, he's the coolest kid. We, we hit it off right away. He's this witty, charming, blue-eyed, freckle-faced little boy who um he was just a lot of fun to hang out with. And he was fully psyched on the entire experience. Uh, we ended up getting a nice muley buck and I was like trucking him around on my back and, and cause he can't walk at all. Um, so I got him, uh, we were hunting on, on this ranch since he was pretty, you know, obviously limited mobility wise. Uh, so we were fortunate to be hunting on this ranch and we got to this spot first thing in the morning. We watched a herd of about 40 muleys. It was, really cool actually. We watched them go from where they were feeding down into this river and they crossed the river uh, had to swim across and go to this area where they were bedding down. So we ended up sticking around that area all day and sure enough that evening we watched all the 40 plus deer swim across the river and I crawled with Steven into position to get him into a spot where when these two bucks, they were the last to cross after a while, they popped up and, uh, and we, we got a shot on, on a nice buck and he had to, we used a trigger mechanism. So it was like through with a straw and it was hooked up to these batteries and switches and all this electrical stuff to make there be a bolt on my trigger. And maybe you've seen things like this before on TV. I'm, I don't really watch, I don't watch TV. So apparently this thing, you know, people have seen on hunting shows, but I, I hadn't ever used it before. So that's what we use. So I was sighting the animal and told him when to blow on the straw. And so he did. And it worked great. Made a solid shot. It was uh, not too far. I mean, it was about 160 yards, maybe. And uh, but we, in one shot, dropped him perfectly. And it was such a positive experience for him with hunting. He had hunted a little bit before, but um, but that was he was psyched out of his mind. Yeah, <laughs> so was I. And um, so that to answer your question of like, why I do what I do to see him have such a positive experience with that and know that I I am able to be helping, you know, provide those experiences is, is pretty special. And side note, Stephen. So then I went, I visited him in Charleston. I spent Thanksgiving with his family. He has a single mom and a sister and then this summer, he's going to come out and spend a few weeks at the ranch with me. And yeah, he's excited to learn about being a cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great.
1: And where is he from? So
0: he's from Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. Okay. He did yep, say that. Charleston. So he's he's going to so cool. come up to the ranch. And so his sister is going to do the youth trip with me and steven's gonna steven's gonna stay at the ranch for a few weeks and i you know to be able to provide that experience with him is is pretty special
1: yeah so yeah that story is awesome and that's a good way to end your season like you said that was your last hunt and you know that's that's super inspiring when so within like whether this is a, a hunting trip or one of the other guided tours you have, what is like the, the craziest experience you've had? Or maybe like a, a time where it was like it really tested you, whether from like a, a weather standpoint or something went wrong, like something that like put you in an uncomfortable position. Oh, man. Am I getting into hard questions No, now?
0: <laughs> No. I, uh, I'm trying to think. There's, I mean, the weather always tests you in some In some ways. Yeah. But as my daddy taught me, there's never any bad weather, just bad gear. So I try to be (laughs) equipped for any and all things. Um, Yeah, so uh, what comes to my mind is this experience when I was 17 and we had a group of fishermen that showed up and I was assigned as their... Wrangler. So I was going to pack them into this lake. It's about a 20 mile ride in and we go up and over this 12,000 foot pass, uh, where you're above Timberline for about four hours. It's just rock and you ride across a glacier for part of it. It's pretty cool. Um, but, and then you drop into this drainage. And so I was assigned as their Wrangler and they showed up, there was like four guys and when I went out to introduce myself and shake their hand and and say i 'd be taking their them in to this spot the next day, they were like very surprised and they actually started laughing. They thought I was kidding <laughs> I was like no no it 's real it 's real life and so they actually they felt really uncomfortable with it because I was such I was just a young teenage girl, so they went to my dad and they were like, we don't feel comfortable with this. Um, you know, we'd like to have, like to have, uh, somebody older, or um, one of these guys pack, pack us in. And my dad has always, you know, always had my back in that way. And, he was like, no, she's she's got you she covered. She's been doing it her whole life, and anyway, so we ended up uh, the next day when we were packing in. It just started raining, and it was a nonstop like rain all day. Um, when we were up above timberline, it started hailing. And it's like hailing sideways when you're up there, you're above Timberline for four hours and, you know, the horses are just getting pelted with hail and these guys are getting drenched and they didn't have the best rain gear. And so they were pretty cold. So I was always checking in on them and lent one of them a layer of mine to like put over his lap. And anyway, so we get to the spot and it it finally let up later in the afternoon and, uh, it's a nine-hour ride one way to cover twenty miles. I drop them off, and then I tie the horses, string them up, and turn around and do the ride out on my own. And they were like, they did come up to me as I was leaving. They're like, "We oh, just want to apologize. Like we you really kind of showed us that, um, yeah." That we've underestimated you and yeah anyway so yeah then I, I turned around and ride rode the whole way home which is a pretty common ride that i do it's about 18 hours round trip um which it, yeah well i'll be getting back to the ranch at about two in the morning so i spent a lot of time riding in the dark and which is pretty cool i i enjoy it it's if you just like imagine it dark and you can just see the sparks of the horse's shoes on the rocks. So I'll be looking back to make sure things are fine with the horses. And I just see sparks and the moon and the stars and it's all very peaceful. It's quite nice. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that wasn't that crazy of a story, but that's what came to my mind. As yeah. far as like shittiest weather combined with feeling fairly underestimated by yeah. the guys and that was kind of this like big, yeah, big trip for me. That I don't
1: know. No, no, that's no, that's a good answer. That's a good trip. And I, I think, like, one of the things that that, I guess I admire the, not to say the most, but I admire a lot about like what you do and some of the different things is just like the, the mental side of it to get through. I mean, little things Mm -hmm. that not even little things, but like those people underestimating you, you know, at that portion, I can probably get in your head, you know, and then, you know, adding weather and, and the conditions from, you know, the animals not, um, say if the animals weren't really uh, cooperating with what you want or Mm. um, the, the people you're, you know, with say there's just a whole bunch of different things that can, if you're not in a real good headspace, I feel like can yeah can derail you. Absolutely. And I know my my first trip out west. I told this story before, but like I feel like I was extremely mentally weak when mm. like that. I didn't know that until I mm. spent you know seven days out there, and like on day like five, I felt like I was like breaking down in my head. I was like,
0: mm.
1: "Why am I doing this? This sucks!" Like you know the whole, and I was getting like you know, like snappy with my brother, my cousin, just being like a, not a good partner to be with. And, and, but that was like an eye opening trip for me. I was like, all right, quit being a little bitch. Like it's time to, you know, get your shit together. And I feel like, you know, after that, it just made things, when I came back to the normal, I'm going to call it the easy life of living the, you know, 21st century American dream. And, (laughs) and yeah, it just made me like, appreciate so many things. And, and, those things aren't as big of a deal anymore. Like the things I thought that like I used to complain about or I hear people complain about at work. I'm like, no, like it's not when you're focused on, you know, food, water, hunting, like simplify the hell out of it. And like, it just makes you appreciate so many things and not worry about the little things that are in the external. I, I, I think that's, you know, again, you and I talked about this, but like, there's like these things in your, in your life where there's times that you have that you don't realize are really life changing, but they are at the same time. And like what, what I'm getting at, is was like this trip, I, I didn't know until afterwards that it was such a big deal for me, but it changed kind of the course of my life. I mean, well, hell now I have a podcast that's surrounding it, but like just, I was, I think I was going down a road where I was just getting caught up in things that I didn't need to worry about, or like just little things that just simplifying your life, taking it back and getting through these hard things and, and, you know, just working your ass off towards goals. Like it just, I guess that was a really long winded way of saying it, but that's just what yeah. your whole story and some of these things remind me of of like, I don't know. I just feel like it's a pretty damn good way to live.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I, not, not easy. But I good. agree with all that you just said, and and it is. I n- I notice that in my mind so much just the difference of when I'm living all summer. I spend May through October up in the mountains, and no electricity, no cell service, no Wi-Fi. Very difficult to contact. I'm sorry, but I just I feel so good. I'm just I. Um, it's a simplified life and yeah, it feels good to just detach and connect with the people you're with and be focused on the greater scheme of things.
1: There's not too many people I can say in like today's, I I sound old saying that and I'm not old whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah. You and I are both not old, but like, it's like, but like,
0: we're so wise.
1: I yeah I know <laughs> uh, yeah but like just as far as like living in today where you're always connected and it's fast yeah. paced hardcore like you don't ever it's hard to get like a real like connection with you know say people or experience or things like but mm-hmm. when you're there like yeah you have a true connection or like just things like I know that's totally when, when I go with my my brother or my buddies or my dad or whatever go on these hunting trips like that's as... Like, I just, I don't know, I just feel like I smile the whole time because, like, it's just, like, I, I don't know, I love it. Like, I look yeah. forward to it every year and just being able to completely just engage in, in that, you know, every little detail and just, I don't know, embrace it.
0: Mm-hmm. It's good stuff.
1: It is. It's real good stuff. Yeah. All right, Jesse, so I'm going to have one more question for you. All right. Sure. This is a question I used to ask all guests at the end of the podcast, and I don't know whatever happened to it. But I just lost this question. I forgot about it. Oh. But my my one of my motto is like I have it's on my logo. It's on everything. It says, "How do you define adventure?" Mm. So, if you were to define the word adventure to you, what does adventure mean?
0: Adventure means like actively leaning into areas that you feel... Okay, wait, 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 wait. Can we scratch all of that out? No, we're not going to No, that come on. You're, gonna, you're just going to keep rolling <laughs> okay, with it. Okay, okay, okay.
1: <laughs>
0: Let's see here. Ah, mm. uh, Okay, okay. Adventure to me means actively opening your mind to areas that seem a little scary or intimidating but at the same time exciting and invigorating and so you kind of just lean into it and and pour your energy into seeing where it takes you yeah and and then being open to the growth that can come from that yeah, that was a very long-winded answer. So
1: basically, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna dumb this down. Yeah, what I what yep. I take yep. as yep. a synopsis of what you just said was basically going outside your comfort zone, reaching a a, a bigger goal than or. But
0: that just sounds so cliche. It does. I it does. Like, I'm, I'm not, like trying to find different words no, for exactly that. Yes. Yes, but no, no, no.
1: I I think yeah. I think that's it's a tough way to, you know. When I first started asking it, the funny mm-hmm. thing was like. I've thought about it in my own head how I'd answer it, but I never Mm -hmm. was asked it. And then one of the guests turned around and asked me and I was like
0: Oh shit. Oh shit. No, you can't do this. Like this is my show. Yeah.
1: No, I think that's I think that was a good way of good way of answering it. So
0: Okay, wait, can I say one more thing?
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Okay.
0: So when I was when I was traveling as Miss Wyoming, I went all over the state. I spoke to a lot of kids. I went to a lot of schools, did assemblies and and spoke in classrooms and the The theme of every talk that I would give was like talking to kids about having the explorer mindset. So to be curious, be open minded be brave and to be actively seeking out opportunities for growth. So to me, that would be what adventure is all about.
1: That's good. Yeah. You're, you're coming up with some intelligent things towards the end here. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good for, again, that the current state of tiredness that we're both in and, and feeling mm-hmm. pretty deep. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, it's that's good, Jesse. I, I uh I I feel like we just probably scratched the surface of like the life that you live, but I I hope that it you know that uh you know people get to listen to this and really um just like I said, more or less get inspired by the your journey and everything else. I think it's just a cool story to tell and I'm glad that you uh joined me on here to talk about it.
0: Yeah. Thanks for thanks for asking me to. I was I was excited to jump on board and chat a little bit and yeah, hopefully there's some some little bit that people can pull away and implement into their lives and just light that fire to go get after it.
1: Yeah. So if someone wanted to um, so a guy or girl or family or whatever wanted to get in contact with you to go on one of your trips, whether it be hunting, whether it be one of the other trips that you do, how would they, how would they do that? How can they find more information on you um, yep. and your business?
0: Yep. So folks can find our website. its www.diamondforranch.com the number four. And I am on Instagram at Allen, and I'm on Facebook and you can find all the contact info for the business on our website and yeah we're I have a, a wide variety of trips for families for singles for couples for kids and I am also always hiring so any any folks needing to get a summer and fall job you call me up yeah.
1: All right. Well, yeah. I, maybe I'll give you a call. See if hey, you need, hey. need some help guiding. Okay. You know where to find if me if you want the shitty El Connor to guide. I really them. do. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be great. I'll put all the links in the in the show notes here for anyone to check out. And again, thanks for coming on, Jesse. Cool. Thank you.